Let's turn to page 18. And we are going to look tonight at, um, on page 18, 322 through the end of chapter 3, 336. So I want us to do sort of like what we usually do, you know, as we as we go through and read this, just see if there's anything, again, that sort of pops out to you, all right, um, both in the sense of you personally, or anything you're just, as you're reading, you just go, hmm, I haven't seen this before, just anything that just you feel God, or just something striking you, all right, um, and also, as you're reading through, we've been talking about this, is listening for echoes of the prologue, all right, so what, what are we hearing? Um, in the, what are we hearing in this passage that goes takes us back to the prologue in John 1, 1 through 18, okay? Um, so, you just start with that, and uh, Pete, you want to read that? Read for us? So, okay. 322, 322. Okay. through 36. Okay. All right. So, and what, what version are we on again? I forget. ESV. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and read yeah. it. Yes, we follow. John the Baptist exalts Christ. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John was also baptizing at Anon near Salem, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. But a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he's baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear, wit bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friends of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy is my this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets uh, his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. All right, good. That's good. All right, just anything that you just, that you're reading through. Whoever does not obey in 38, so we can believe, but we, we need to abide. Okay. And 30, yeah, 36? Oh, the last one, whoever yeah. believes in the Son. Okay. 
So what is it about that that just... I don't know, it just kind of popped out. Popped out, like... You know, we are believers and and followers of Christ. Uh And and parts of just the whole beginning where we're at, I'm still kind of rolling from a discussion a few weeks ago where we're, uh, you know, uh, John one twelve. Whoever uh, believes... What does that say? Uh, Will become... uh, To all who... To all who believe in him, his name will... Uh, he's given the right to become children, children of God. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but that other part, and it was a really good discussion, it was meaty, uh, substantive, uh, just talking about the fact we have this glorious eternal life in, in Christ, yet there's, it's just right there where if we don't take that freedom to receive him, who he is... Um, we need to. Yeah, it's just, it's laid out in the most precious way possible. It's not all about God just being love. Yeah. Yeah, it, God is love, but he's, he is just and he is true. Uh, yeah. It, it, uh, in terms of it correlating with one, mm-hmm. In one, he speak, He says John will bear witness, and here John is bearing witness. Very good. Uh-huh. So, uh, and then he repeats the above all. He who comes from above is above all. He who comes from heaven is above all. And um, I thought that that was kind of uh, confirming the origin of Jesus as uh-huh. far as John was concerned. Mm-hmm. And um, clearly defining to his people who, in fact, he is. And that also goes back to nothing can be received, uh, where he's saying nothing can be received but from heaven. And there's something in here. Yeah, this is given from heaven. Uh-huh. All right. And it speaks of receiving, again, what you just said, receives him who believed in his name, had given the right to become children of God. There's also, I recall, something else about... Coming from heaven, I'll have to find it. But um, to me, it's all totally. Those two are playing Uh within. What's the contrast to those things from heaven versus what? The world. The world. Yeah. 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 I mean. he who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. So, he's he's speaking of himself as well there, right? Defining the difference. Well, this puts a little wrinkle in our message that we normally give. Which is, uh-huh, let's see how. If you, just, if you just accept Christ and believe him, in him, uh-huh. you'll be given eternal life. But there's this little caveat thrown in here. And what's the caveat? <laughs> if you don't obey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a, Yeah. So is the connection between belief and obedience there? Because it's almost interchanging it. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saying believe. Almost. Obey. <laughs> yeah. Well, if belief means pistis, that means allegiance. Very good. You're going to have allegiance. Someone you, you, you need to obey. 
the juice position, which is the point. Yeah. Very good. That's so you guys hear that link? I mean, so pistis, the most, the word pistis that we translate believe, actually, the Greek word, um, there's a whole, actually, someone wrote a whole book of this about allegiance in Christ, is that really many, many times that word belief should really be translated into allegiance, even faith, mm. that we have allegiance in Christ. Because that's really what the word meant in the Greek language. The Greeks hearing this, it's like, it's, it, there's a math, there's a you know king, um, there's a commander, you know this someone's in charge, and so it goes back to what um, what Dale just said. It's not just about oh, it's like saying oh yeah, well I'm in the Marine Corps now, but I'm not going to follow what my commander tells me to do. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, just who would. <laughs> you can't do that. And yet we do that with Jesus all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, okay, yeah, I'm entering into the Marine Corps, which means I'm giving allegiance to the Marines, which means I do what they tell me to do. That's exactly what is, I mean, that is the, what the word means when we say we believe in Jesus Christ. He is the Lord. He is the King. Period. To say, oh, well, you know, I'll follow you sometimes, but not other times. It's just completely ridiculous. They are completely. They're, they're like this. There's two sides to the one to the coin. You know, if I say I believe, then you better be obeying. John um, fourteen fifteen. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. No. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once again, we see whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. It's like the question that in the beginning of John that I asked you guys you know, if you don't believe you know, to use God which you like it's coming back again and it's pretty black and white mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one thing that stands out to me is like what Dale said this obey thing I think that obedience is where we find so much of the actual like joy of following Christ and like I think it's easy to look at the, obe- the obedience is like oh dang I have to obey uh-huh. but like with it, it's like that's where we find the true meaning of, or the, the, the true value in in Christ, I think. Or a lot of it, at least. In, in Isaiah, if you recall, there was, over and over and over again, there was this, it was describing, Isaiah through God was describing who his people were and what their characteristics were and what their behavior was like and what they were experiencing versus those who would rebel. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's like, you know, you will, my people are full of joy. And, and, uh, I created Jerusalem for, for joy. And, uh, what's the other word? Um, joyousness and, more joy. <laughs> Something <laughs> like more or less like that. Versus the feeling of heartache and separation of spirit and mm-hmm. all the things that go along with not obeying. Right? So it was a defining overarching, you know, descriptive, like what you're talking about, versus, as well as a moment-to-moment. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, mm-hmm. hey, if we, we are not obeying, we might believe and we're, you know, again, geez, we're... We're being 
tempted and pushed and everything else all day long, every day, and you know it because you feel it, right? When you're not, you're not in that place. Mm-hmm. So you guys are bringing up a link already. You know, if you see this in this verse between believe, obey. And what did the word, what was the word that, that you just said? This is? Well, pisses, right. But it's what, what Jason just saying. Believe, obey, and what's what's going to be the response? How do I, the response of obedience is, what word do you use? What's that brings joy. Joy, mm-hmm. right? Do you guys see that in this passage? So we have all that. We have believe, we have mm-hmm. obey, but do you guys see where joy is here? It's in verse 29. Right. So go ahead and go ahead and read that, Tom. Read, read to, and listen, listen to how that how this is used. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. Hmm. So what metaphor is Jesus using about his, this relationship here? What do you mean that's John? Marriage, John. marriage bridegroom. But yeah, stuff. right, right. The whole marriage bridegroom stuff. Remember, we go all the way back to the wedding feast. What did, why did Jesus bring out more wine? Because it's going to bring joy. All right. In a marriage, it was so important. So what, what we, you know, like Chad, he did a great job this Sunday in his sermon of giving context to the prodigal son. When you take a look at like the um, the, the marriage feast. All right, what was going on that marriage feast? Why it was so critical that Jesus comes in and he turned water to wine is because if he didn't, the person in charge of that whole marriage feast, all of a sudden you run out of wine, it's like the same thing with like, you're ashamed, all right? Because you are created a party for everybody to come to. A marriage ceremony in for Jews was the party. It was a party. That is what you do is you party. Really what you do is you have a place where you just are always in joy. And so the wine, why Jesus does the wine there is he keeps that joy going. Um, and so here you see the importance of that is the response of all this as Christians is, how are you going to know you're a Christian? How, how are you, what, what are you going to show to the world is joy. <laughs> um. And the idea of the friend of the bridegroom um, in a marriage ceremony, this is sort of like the... Um, best man. The what? Best man. Yeah, exactly. He is like the best man. He has a lot of power, a lot of influence, a lot of the ability to keep this thing going and responsibility. And so you see here the idea of you keep that joy going. But it... Yeah. Right, but he's also referring to, you know, but he's also addressing his people are coming to him saying, "Hey, you know, we're, you should should you be jealous of that? Is that right? Is he stealing your thunder? <laughs> right? 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 So, and that's that's the other reason that that whole example plays out. It's like, am I am I going to be upset that I'm losing my best buddy and and he's he's got the beautiful wife, or am I going to?" Lift him up, and, and exactly. that is my joy. Exactly. Good. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the other gospels, there's a, there John the Baptist disciples came to Jesus and asked him, 
why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? <clears throat> and then... And what's the response? His res- um, I was just kind of... So his response is... His response is basically, like, there's joy when the bridegroom is present, but there's going to be a time where when when he goes away, when they when they will fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it, the, one thing that this brings to mind, just John's testimony here. This is very powerful. In the other Gospels, um, I think Jesus is being challenged by the Pharisees, and maybe maybe it's when they were asking, by what authority do you do this, or he goes, let me ask you a question. If you answer my question, I'll answer your question. <laughs> you know, just kind of like basically, if you're if you're honest, then then I'll give you a response. Uh huh. And he says, John, John's John the Baptist, was that from God? Was that from from heaven or not? Hmm. And he says, and they, and they do a huddle up. The Pharisees huddle up, and they're like, well, everybody knows John the prophet, and you know, so if we say no, everybody's going to get mad, and they're they're going to know. But if we say yes, then John gave this testimony that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the Messiah. He was asking them. So we can't say from heaven because they would say, "What? Well, why didn't you believe him?" Right? Mm. And then we can't say it's not from heaven because everybody knows it was. So. I know what we can say. We can say, we don't know. <laughs> so, we don't know. And he's like, neither am I going to tell neither am I going to answer your question. Knowing that they're not telling the truth. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, exactly. They didn't answer the question. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's good. Yeah, that's good context. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It, anybody it, else? It, anybody else as far as other, other yeah, things? Yeah, I think Jason just, kind of mentioned this, but uh, you, you're asking if it resembles the introduction in chapter uh-huh. And yeah. I mean it it overlays it and you almost wonder if he if John who wrote this uh, was kind of synopsizing what we're reading in chapter three in a, in a more succinct way in the first chapter. Twice. It's almost like his words were did he did he hear those words twice or once? I think maybe he heard it once and he's just introducing us to what but chapter actually, three is gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... It, yeah, you should think of the prologue like almost like this is an introduction, now I'm going to tell you, yeah. I mean, he's saying, you know, in, in the introduction, there was a man sent from God, his name was John, he came as a witness, and then it goes on for like four passages. And and in three it says, um, almost the same thing, can you keep it, well... He's telling the story directly from John the Baptist's mouth. Like you said, this John the writer was there. Yeah. He heard these words, and he's putting them in quotes. Yeah, yeah. In, in the first, they weren't in quotes, but now they're in quotes. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's interesting. It's just like, he's telling the story twice. Yeah. And the other thing I think it's kind of thematic is the concept of receive. Uh-huh. And that's big in, uh, in the introduction. It's in verse 11. He came to his own... And his own people did not receive him. Yeah. Speaking of Jesus. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And then in John 3, it says, He bears witness when he's in a, 
He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. He's speaking of Jesus. That's John yeah, where the you Baptist. That? Oh, yeah. where That's you John the Baptist speaking of Jesus. Yeah, okay. All right. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Mm-hmm. Whoever receives his testimony sets the seal to this that God is true. Yeah. So, receive and receive. Uh-huh. So, and, and, you know, in sermons I've heard since, you know, a young man, I've often heard the concept of, you know, God gives us something, or the only thing we can do is receive it. Right. Now, we don't do anything. No. We just receive the gift or we don't receive the gift. And this is the theme he's saying. Yeah. Did you receive his testimony? Yeah. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. And that's another amazing thing. It's just like, whoever receives his testimony sets the seals of this. But most, he bears witness, but no one receives his testimony. <laughs> He says no one. That means nobody. But then in the next sentence, he says, whoever does receive his testimony. <laughs> like you still have a chance. Yeah, there's receive like it. a sliver there. <laughs> um, no one. That's like no one. But then, like, you know, the next sentence, he says, but if you do, but whoever does, it's like straight as the gate narrows away and rich man get into heaven, no way. I mean, it's like this is really... Then. Yeah. The the oh, words yeah. that they're using also what, what John the Baptist uses as well as what what Jesus is using is all stuff that was all in the prophets. I mean they're they're very careful to use vocabulary that has already been said that is definitively in Hebrew text as well. You look through back through Isaiah and Ezekiel and Joshua and all all that stuff. There it'd be, it's stuff's like in there. Mm-hmm. Like verbatim what they're saying, maybe slightly changed, but same words, and uh, so that there's really no real way to get around it, you know. And John's justifying not only the fact that he was with Jesus Christ; he says who he is. He's justified by God Himself. John the Baptist, who everyone knows is a prophet, justifies him, and then. All the pr- prophets who they study are justifying him. Yet still, they they, they don't receive Isaiah sixty five. It, it opens. I was I was ready for a people to receive me. I walked the land with open arms, and yet they still refused me because they said they were too holy for me. It reminds me of the wedding banquet mm-hmm. that you were talking about on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, about you know the wedding banquet, he invites everybody. It's like <laughs> who comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the yeah. All right, others. Anybody else as far as anything what is this your seal referred to? Very good seal? question. Very good question. So you guys see that about mm-hmm. the seal? So what do you think seal means there? Where is that? That is Yeah, that's it's in 33. 33. Whoever receives this testimony sets a seal to this that God is true. So, what do you think about that? Even just, just yeah, I'm not going to give you any context to that right now. When you just think about seal, when you think of that, what do you think that's meaning there? You're, you're putting your your name on it. You're putting your uh-huh. it's your word. It's your oath. It's your it's your stamp. Yeah. Stamp, stamp. Yes, signet ring. Stamp like a mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And they did that back then. Sure did. Okay, is that that seal? says that I am saying this is true. I'm putting my seal on this. So it's like, it's, it's a good question, John. It's, it's like a court scene 
So you can sit, we can all sit around and we can all talk and do whatever, okay? But if once you, if you are asked to come up and give witness to something, all right, and you swear, I don't know, that I'm now being the, and listen to language, you're being a witness. Mm-hmm. You see how the language is in here? A witness. What are you doing? You are testifying to something that happens. Until you get up in that stand and are swear, sworn in, you can just be talking, whatever, okay? It's like, what's true, what's not true? But once you're up there and you give your testimony, you are putting your seal on that, saying, I am myself bearing witness that what I say is true. Who's saying true? What you say, what you're saying is true. So just take the court scene. So when you get up there and, and, uh, in, you know, the box, okay, and they swear you in, and they say, all right, Ken, you know, um, now tell us what happened, all right? So you now are going to, same words here, you're going to bear witness as to what it is you're going to tell us, all right? So, for example, if I put you in a, a, for right now, you just told us that story about what happened with the guy going up the mountain with you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You told us a nice uh, a story about that. But now if I put you in a court situation and I say, now let's get on that stand, swear by this, yeah. all right, what you're going to now say is viewed as bearing witness and giving testimony. And you're saying what I say is true. You're basically putting a seal on what you just said. Okay. Right. But what I guess I'm asking is, my question is, is let, me th- let me think about this. Whoever, okay, who's saying so, whoever? John's saying this. Yeah, uh, that's right. Can yeah. I come in on that? I'm, yeah, I'm go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. your analogy of the court is a little off, because you're saying that the guy in the stand who's giving testimony, who's putting a seal on his testimony, I don't think that's what well, saying. Nope. Hang on. Yeah, ahead, I think it's yeah. saying whoever receives this testimony. Right. So if you want to use that analogy, he's on the stand, he says something, I'm in the jury box. Right. And I'm listening to that. And I go into the jury room for the, and I put my seal, I say, that guy's not, I believe that testimony. Yes. He's not guilty. I put my seal ring down on that. I, I'm the audience uh-huh. who's putting the seal on. Okay. Very good. Because what you're not bringing out is a second part of that, is that now, so whoever receives his testimony, so who's his testimony here? Jesus. Jesus. All right? So, what is it saying? So, if we receive Jesus' testimony, what what is it saying? If we receive that testimony, what's happening here is the same. We're believing it. We put our seal on it. We have... Which is an interesting concept. Yes. Little human being, we have a seal. We have an authority. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like the gate to our soul. We, we can vote. That's right. Which means that we're bearing witness that what we are putting that seal on is true. true. Okay. So, it's going I, by the court scene, I'm saying, in essence, think about that when you're... If you say you've accepted Jesus... You, your life now should be a reflection of the fact that what you say is true about him. You're putting a seal on that. You're saying, I am saying this is true. And you're bearing witness to that now. 
So ultimately, John bore, bore witness to Jesus. Jesus is bearing witness about himself, right? And now when we say we believe, it goes back to the Pistis thing. I don't know if you ever thought about this. When we say we believe, we are actually committing ourselves, like we're putting a seal and saying, we believe Jesus is the Christ. And we are going to live that way, we're going to speak that way, we're going to do everything we do. Our lives say, I'm reflecting this truth. I'm bearing witness. <laughs> so in everything we do, whether we like it or not, <laughs> because we've accepted Jesus, we don't hear this when we're become a Christian, <clears throat> is that now we are the ones who have said, we put a seal on this. And we are now witness bearers to that. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you, Tom? Yeah? Yeah. So it gives us a whole other level of responsibility and, and about that. Yeah. Just expand on a bit, yeah. back up a little bit, and you go to verse 31, and... And this is in the context of, like, who are you, John, and are you the guy or not? And, and he says, he who comes from above is above all. So he's checking out right now. He's saying, I'm not from above. He who comes from above is above all. They're going, whoa, whoa. So you're saying Jesus is from above? Yeah. Is he above all? Yeah. So you imagine the Jews are, like, going, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> you know, because he's a heretic. Jesus is a heretic. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then... I think this is really beautiful when it was being read. Peter read it. I hadn't thought of it before. He, it goes, this is where it starts. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth. John the Baptist is saying, I'm of the earth. I'm speaking from the earth. That's my perspective. I'm not from heaven. And speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. Now he's speaking to Jesus. And he's right. going, this guy's way above me. He's coming from heaven and he is above all. He bears witness. This is what with kind of eye-opening to me. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard. Can you imagine mm -hmm. what he's saying right there? Mm -hmm. Jesus has come to earth, and he's bearing witness of what it's like in heaven. Yeah. He's like a messenger with this. He's saying this, what I've seen and heard in heaven. You want to hear what I've seen and heard in heaven, you guys? I mean, if, if we knew who he was, we'd be going, oh, my God, can you <laughs> imagine what's happening right now? Because but, no one else can say that, can they? But the, yeah. the doors of heaven have just opened up, and, and a <laughs> revelation is being poured out on man. And, and, and they're going, oh my God, you know, but, and yet no one receives his testimony. Yeah. He says that only one has ascended from heaven, and that's him. So nobody else can say that. Yeah. But that's, we can receive that. that testimony that he is the only one, like John the Baptist, and now we are the ones to testify about that. Correct. It just kind of, I yeah. guess it shows how bent and sinful mankind was and is. Because here, here came purity and light, direct, and it was test, he was testifying what it was like. It's one reason why I think John's book is so amazing. He's, he's often talking about, I am of the Father, and the Father is in me, and what I say, he said. And he goes on and on, and you think, why does he keep going on about that? He's redundant about that, but he's saying, don't you, he's he's revealing the dynamic of the heaven and the doors open, and here's what it's like in heaven. You know, we think. As a human, I do. I think, can you get over this? Tell me, John, about, you know, I'm in you and you're in me. And But it's important from Jesus' perspective. He's saying, this is important. Do you understand how important this is? Kind of like the Trinity. Right. This is how tight we are up there. Yeah, that's right. So who is it that bears witness about what happens in heaven? Jesus is here. Right. Is there anybody else? Not really. No, there's not. If you look, listen to this, he is the only one that bears witness as to heaven. 
He's it, right? Which is why we put our faith in him and our allegiance in him. But how many people today try to tell us that heaven, what heaven's like? You mean without Jesus in it? Without Jesus in it. Yeah. It's a whole so foolish. Like, like apart from the scripture, like other yeah. religions? Other religions? Yeah. Well, I'll be sort of blunt here, but even within the Christian religion, how many people try to testify them, themselves about oh, what they think okay. is going on in heaven yeah. and not going by what Jesus says. I mean, you even have that, the whole book series. I forget what that was, right? But someone goes, yeah. they die and they go to heaven or the yeah. boy goes to heaven or whatever. And I guess yeah. some of that They come being, back and this is what he saw. Right. It ended, up becoming all, it ended up being all fake, if I remember right. But yeah. how much do we bear witness about something in which is not coming from Jesus? Which is why we're in this, <laughs> right? He is the only one that we can listen to that bears witness as to heaven. Can't go anywhere else. Can't go to anybody else. Can't go to any other religion. Can't go to anybody's feeling. Well, I felt the Spirit took me, and I hear people say stuff like, you know, I was taken up to the third heaven like Paul, and I'm bearing witness to that. I just wrote a book about this, and now you should be listening to me because I hear this stuff from God. I hear so much of this stuff on just the junk. Hey, you're not and, saying that my North Star was a real note. <laughs> well, but you're not. Well, yeah, you're not, you weren't. You, you weren't. Yeah, you weren't. You weren't claiming to be sent from heaven. If you were, I saw the North Star and then I, I invited me, in invited me to the mountains. But I think it's part of where we have to be really careful about it. We are witness bearers of Christ because we believe in him. We're now the ones supposed to be bearing witness. Are we bearing that witness truthfully? Are we sort of making it up? Are we adding something to it? Are we taking what someone else said? Are we are we being good witness bearers of Jesus to this world? You know? And not embellish it and not come up with their own way of saying something or whatever. It's like here we hear from him. Do you feel that Nicodemus that night, um, <coughs> when he was, you know, he, what we thought it was secretly, do you feel that his law was um, heaven without Jesus? His the, law, his law. Yeah, what do you mean? Well, he, he was a spiritual leader, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. He was a he was a one of the Jews um, that was a leader. And those Jews, like the Pharisees, and that's what Jesus is going after here a lot. Right. They're ones who, what, what have they done? Just exactly what we're talking about. They have not only taken the Old Testament laws, but in Matthew, I think, 23 or whatever, Jesus really goes after the Pharisees. What, he, what is he saying? I mean, in essence, they're taking and putting a burden on the people because they're making up all these other laws, saying you're to follow these to obey God, when God never created those rules. So they're not being witness bearers. They're putting a, bear, a, a burden on people of things that they're saying these people need to follow to be in a good relationship with God, and yet God never said that. <laughs> what was your question? What was Nicodemus? Was Nicodemus, before, before Jesus talked to him secretly that night, mm -hmm. could it be that that Nicodemus believed in heaven without Jesus. 
like, well, like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, like a, a, a law-based salvation, basically. Like if you follow like what the law, we were just talking about salvation. Yeah. Law-based salvation. Well, and this is where again it goes back again to Isaiah. I'm going to keep you from hearing and seeing and understanding, okay? Because you're just so thick-headed, and you're going to see things from your perspective and not mine. And you will are my chosen people, but now I'm going to use you for a different purpose that you're not going to understand until the day that I allow you to understand it, unless you turn and be healed. Is to change your mind, the way you see your reality all the way around. Right? And that's what Christ is confronting him with in, in that meeting. Can keep this open? Is, yeah, is it getting warm? I think it's cooler out there now. All right, good. So, so does he believe in a, is in a heaven without Jesus? They're expecting a Messiah. Okay? But they're seeing it from man's perspective and not God's. Even though it was it's written about thoroughly here, all the way through the prophets. So, for example, 65... Isaiah 65, I was ready to be sought by those who did not seek me. Okay, so to what Tom was saying, what was the, the spirit of the people at that time? Of course. Right? I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. Again, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to seek the kingdom of God with all our heart, our might, and our soul, right? So they weren't seeking God. And if they had been, they would have known who Christ was. Right? But, so, Nicodemus. I, I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. I spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices, a people who provoke me to my face continually, sacrificing in gardens and making offerings on bricks, who sit in tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat pig's flesh and broth tainted and meat in their vessels, who say, keep, it, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy for you. So, um, there are, these are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all the day. Okay, get this. Behold, it is written before me. Okay? Behold, it is written. All that what we just read right there, he's saying, Behold, this is written before me, time-wise, before I come. Okay? So when I do come, you'll know what was happening. Or you, should, or, you should, about, or you should know. Yeah, you should know. And going along with what he said, when we were in Isaiah, I mean, one of the key verses was Isaiah 6, 9 through 10, that Jesus quotes, which is that the people had become, they were worshiping idols. And they had become so blind to the ways of God. God's people. So God chose these people. Here's my Israelite. And they've become so blind themselves in their idol worship and everything they were doing, they could not see, hear, or understand God anymore. And so they were blind to that. And this is what Jesus is coming into. So Nicodemus is one of those many of the Jews who, they're just trying to follow, well, they created their own laws, they created things on top of the, the Old Testament law. Yet, yet there was still, like, Nicodemus came to him because there's something in his heart that right. knew. Right. Isn't right? that why he did it secretly, though? Yes, his, but his yeah. logic and his formality and training kept him from taking that leap of faith. And that's why, there, that's why John the Baptist was a thing. 
people were coming to him because they were dissatisfied with what was going on in the world around them and that they knew that their their religious leadership was baloney and they were a bunch of hypocrites and that's that's the only reason he was having people come out and be baptized and there is this i mean there is this longing going out with the people of god right they have not seen so god's presence to them just really quickly again just to give you a, a picture of this is that in the old testament God brought them out of Egypt. God was present with them. They could see <laughs> see God. Thunder, lightning, this cloud followed them all the way through, okay? Speaking to Moses through the cloud. They knew God was with them, okay? That was the, the Jews, their whole thing, they actually say this in, in Exodus. How can we not be the people of God unless you are with us, God? I mean, the most important thing is God is with them. And so you have God with them, and then God has them make this tabernacle that they can transport as they're going through to the promised land. God is present with them through that tabernacle. And then, ultimately, they build the temple. All right. And when Solomon builds the temple, you have this situation, you have this time when God's presence comes visibly unto that temple. All right. And the people go, God is with us. But in Ezekiel, which is what we're at Bible recap right now, what ends up happening is the people that Jason's talking about are sinning, 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 idolizing, idolizing. I mean, God is just, keeps putting up with them. He keeps trying to get them to turn. They don't turn, they don't turn. And finally, in Ezekiel, in around 5-something B.C., the temple is destroyed. And God, literally, right before that temple gets destroyed in Ezekiel, God leaves the temple. And he never comes back. All right. And so this is, so you're talking about all, you're talking about 500 years where the people are just longing going when, and the temple's destroyed. When is God going to come back? And the Jews were looking for God to come back. And they were expecting him to come back into the temple. <laughs> what they were not expecting was this man called Jesus. <laughs> And so Jesus now comes back and he's saying, in essence, I'm, he's saying, I've got, I'm somehow in a special relationship with this God. And he starts showing that, hey, I'm the one that's now going to be the temple. He actually says it. I'm now going to be the temple. No longer is it going to be in this physical place anymore. And so we're in the tension of John where they're just going, who is this guy? (laughs) And they're listening to this going, how can he be saying he's the one from above? How can he be saying he's the only one from heaven? He claims to be right. the son of how God. can he be the temple? How can he be? Yeah, how can he be? The, I mean, you got to understand. We, we can talk about like, wow, how did they miss it? We would have all missed it. Well, well <laughs> every one of us, because we it, just. But beyond that, it was it was it was by the hand of God that they missed sure. it. Sure, it was part of the plan. Absolutely, they, they yeah. had to miss it. Yeah, so that they could fulfill. So that's a process. that's a picture we're into right now with Nicodemus. We're in this picture of these people going. And that's why Nicodemus comes in and Pisha goes, there's this guy, something different about him. <laughs> so Nicodemus is, you know, is a Pharisee and he's hanging out with the Pharisees in, in the temple. And they're, they're like conspiring he's early a, on. He's a high level Pharisee. Early on they're conspiring to kill Jesus. So he's listening to them, but when, but he sneaks out at night so he doesn't want the Pharisees to know he's going to Jesus. And his first words to Jesus were, how could you do these signs if you were not from God? So he's saying, my heart's been opened up to you because of your miracles and yeah. your signs. Very good. That Very good. proves that there's something going on here with you. And 
and, and that's his introduction, and then Jesus went on with the Holy Spirit, you know, and how it blows through the trees, and he just went <laughs> off on another, you know, it's like, what, where are you going with that? But it showed that Nicodemus, kind of like with what, we're, what we just read, it shows, you know, no one received Jesus' testimony except Nicodemus. He kind of, right. he kind of did. Yeah. He opened up the door. It says, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets the seal to this. So Nicodemus was that whomever. He was just like that tiny little minority. I mean, he's the only guy in the Sanhedrin that we know. Mm-hmm. How many guys in the Sanhedrin were there? A hundred? You know? And so one guy slipped through. He had the heart. He had the sensitivity. And maybe it was just like kind of like Jason's inferring that the Holy Spirit revealed himself to to him. Maybe that's why Jesus went right to the Holy Spirit when he started explaining it to him. Well, Nicodemus, yeah, he wouldn't have understood anything had God not put him there. Nobody comes to me except through the Father, right? Well, Jesus says you must be born again. Nicodemus pushes back. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And we see later on, we talked about this when we were looking at Nicodemus, we saw how in Nicodemus, he, later on, he ends up, you see that he he ends up being there all the way right. at the time of Jesus. But he life, needed you know? Nicodemus to be able to shed some level of light, to put some, cast some question into the minds of the leadership, but not to actually change the path. That's right. Right. Had he done anything more dramatic, it, it maybe he would have swayed people not to kill Christ. Mm-hmm. That would have blown the whole deal. But Jesus yeah. says to Nicodemus, but, but you do not receive our testimony. In verse 11. Mm-hmm. He tells him he doesn't receive, but... I think he's... Because he's... Ref- I think he's, I think he's referring to the, the plural. Word. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I remember when we talked about that. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly so what So it, was it specifically Nicodemus doesn't? Or, it's probably or both. both. Or both. Or the group you represent. Even, I think we even if you that. think differently. Um, yeah, well, we were there, that plural. So that um, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered, are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. That you is actually a plural. So he's actually referring to the whole group of Pharisees. And some there. Um, And if we remember when we said, Truly, truly, I said to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. That plural is, in essence, Jesus with the Father. And the test and the Spirit. And then Jesus... Jesus is bearing testimony, and he's when he's using that plural there, he's really speaking of his relationship with the Father, as we're going to see, and his relationship with the Spirit, that all become part of this with us. Um, um, there's the earthly things and the heavenly things. So in verse 12, if I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And then later on, before we just read... There was the um, the earthly and heavenly, kind of like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Is that? Uh, it seems like it's kind of unique to to this chapter three here. Although, like, so which part not, are you talking about? So in verse was it eleven? Of what yeah. chapter? In three. Uh, verse yeah, 11, 11 of 
where, where John is speaking of, of uh, the 12, things of heaven versus the things of the earth. Yeah. If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Mm-hmm. So there's the earthly and the heavenly things. Right. Contract. And that's, right. that's Nicodemus. Right. And then lower in the John the Baptist testimony, there is, um, we were already talking about this, right? Earthly things and heavenly things. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. Yeah, there you go. But that that earthly and heavenly theme, I I feel like it's said differently moving forward, right? Is it spoken of like the kingdom or like the earthly and the heavenly collide, right? Jesus brings the Jesus brings heaven down. But I don't, I don't like it seems like it's very pronounced in, in this chapter. The, the the earthly and the heavenly contrast. But if that 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 same wording, I don't think is maintained. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's that. That's the thing I would just say here is again that is all going along with this whole idea of barren witness. Right. Who is it? Who is it that whose testimony can we believe is true? Right. Who is the one that's bearing witness? It's right. the only one that can bear witness, which is Christ. Right. I think the the um, it's a, a cool observation. And I, you see that throughout John in particular versus the other ones. The other ones, the other gospels are more of an accounting, right? Mm. Speaking to what was that? They are they are the witness themselves, right? Versus John is really establishing a, a bulletproof argument, if you will, for the divinity and justification of who Christ is, right? With all of this backup. And reiterating those notions. That's absolutely. That's 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 cool. Yeah. So one of the things we're going to see. You remember, I keep sort of bringing up this idea that we keep we're going to keep seeing these themes through John. So what are the themes we're talking about that we talked talk about so far? What themes are we saying we're going to see all the way through John? Belief. Belief. Right. Pistis. Right. What's what's other what's other ones that we Obey. said? Obey. Obey. We're going to see life. Life, eternal, yeah, life. eternal life. We're going to up. We're going to fact. We're going to get into that next chapter. Death. Um, what are the things? Death. Okay. Don't get around it. Death. Keep <laughs> saying it. We'll, we'll put it on the outline. Death. <laughs> Death. Um, so one of the big themes, and so you're you're in essence sort of bringing it up in a little different way. You're talking about this whole idea about <clears throat> what comes from earth versus what comes from heaven. But here, the idea is what comes from heaven is that is why, what comes from heaven is what John the Baptist is bearing witness to, which is Jesus, okay? So this idea of witness, so when you guys, if you remember from before, and you'll see this here, notice that you will hear witness, witness, testimony, testimony, witness, testimony, those are the same words, okay? So they're exactly the same Greek words. So one of the things John is going to do all the way through John is keep harping on this idea that there is this witness that's born through Jesus. That Jesus has is got Jesus is the only one that comes from the Father. So he can bear witness what the Father says. All right. 
And then Jesus is the one that's bearing witness to others. But we're going to see this theme of witness all the way through. Um, in fact, what's interesting is John. John uses John uses the noun for witness fourteen times and the verb thirty three times. Okay, so quite a few times when you compare in Matthew, it's found three times, once in Luke. I mean, John's going to keep harping on this idea that this witness, this bearing witness that Jesus is doing, and then how that witness is being bared to the world. And what do we do of how do we bear that witness? Does that make sense? So you've got this theme. So there's all these ideas here that, in fact, um, there's, what is it, seven, seven, I want to say, how do I say that? There are seven who bear witness to Jesus throughout the entire Gospel of John. We're going to see this over and over again. Can you guys think about who that might be? Who is it that's going to bear witness to Jesus? Who's going to testify to Jesus? There's seven, let's call it entities for right now. I want you to try to think about it. What would those, who are those seven? The There's Father. Like, very good. Okay. Jesus himself. So, very, John the Baptist. Very good. You're good, Mary. Huh? Mary. Uh, Mary might be one of the, like, uh, like sort of grouped into the um, other, let's say. But, okay, yeah. so I like the disciples and stuff. The All Samaritan right. woman. The Samaritan woman. Very good. That's sort of like in the other. Good. So you've got, you've got this group called just the people. All right. They're going to bear witness. You've got, so let's go through it again. So the it's spirit. got... The, the spirit, the spirit. Yeah, said that. Okay. no measure. The what? No, what he says, the spirit with no under no measure. Yeah. So the all these in John, we're going to see over and over again that these, the Father, Jesus, the Spirit, uh, you hit it, John the Baptist, the disciples, they're all their role is to bear witness to Christ. That's that's what they do. If you want to think of what's our job description, what was your um, what was the John quote you quoted on Sunday? Uh, it's John thirteen fifty five. So read that. Hold on, it wasn't fifty five. <laughs> thirteen isn't fifty five. <laughs> I'm trying honest. to remember where it was. funny about Jesus bearing witness to himself, yeah. but he says in his defense that he does not. He said, I could, but I don't. But he actually does. He actually well, says he, he does, too. <laughs> but there's a, there is a passage does? where he says, I do not bear witness of myself. He does, yeah. Jesus yeah. does say that. He says, the Father bears witness for me. Mm-hmm. So, look at... Um, and that's the specific question that is asked. Yeah, probably. Who, who bears witness for you? And he says, yeah. I could if I wanted to, but I'm not going to, because the Father bears witness for me. And if you knew my Father, you'd know, you would know me. Yeah. It was uh, John 13, 13 through 15, right? So, listen, listen to, listen to um, this passage right here. So, go ahead and say it, John. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. 
So we've heard of this idea of how we are to be, you know, Christ is our example. When we do what Christ has told us to do and we're obedient, and he sets a model for us, we are witness bearers. We are bearing witness to Christ. So when we obey him, we ourselves are ones who are now bearing that witness. That all of these other people in John we're going to see are bearing witness. Um, so this idea of bearing witness is just is is huge in John. Um, so let's let's just take a look at some examples, just to give you guys some examples. In fact, Jason just brought up about Jesus, about him bearing witness for himself. So look at eight fourteen. So on page fifty. Page 50, it says, on verse 12 again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Your testimony is not true. And, and, here say, and, and, and they're saying that from like a legal, technical That's right. aspect. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So like, technically, by law, you have to have two or more witnesses. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And this is where Jesus is like <laughs> violating that, right? <laughs> And Jesus is saying, I have two moral witnesses. I got the Father, and I got the Spirit. <laughs> All right? But so what does it say? Uh, Jesus answers, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. Okay? Yeah. Um, and then in verse 18... It says, I am the one, so this, so here is sort of the directly where Jesus says this. I am the one who bears witness about myself. Mm-hmm. And the Father who sent me bears witness about me. So mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really that's the two. How you did that. Right. So here I have both. Mm-hmm. Who's, who bears witness? So when people say to you, like, well, why do you believe Jesus, you know, why do you, how come you believe what Jesus says or whatever? I mean, he's his witness bearer is himself, <laughs> which you go, well, you can't do that. But he's saying, my witness is from the Father. So the Father witnesses to me. I'm witnessing to myself. So there's just a, there's two of them right there. Um, look at five thirty one. Let me just look at a few while we're doing this. Um, which one? Five thirty one. So page 30. So see who bears witness about this. Um, 530, yeah, 531. If I, if I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. And who is that going to be? The Father. So in 34... Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. Um, and he goes on, but the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So one of the witness bearers, <laughs> when we think about that, is the works that Jesus does. Mm-hmm. 
That makes sense? Mm-hmm. So it's not just what he says, but it's also about what he does. Which I would say to all of us again, <laughs> mm-hmm. what we do matters. Because what we do, we are always bearing witness to Christ. The question is, are we doing that well or not? Our actions, our works, everything we do to the world is bearing witness to Christ. Our works, what comes out of our mouth, um, just <laughs> gives you a different perspective as you're going out there and going, I'm going to whatever this guy, or I'm going to you know, do this, or I'm going to do that. The question is, what kind of witness are you bearing to go about Christ right now? You know, you go do that. You go home and you know, you get mad at your wife or something. What kind of witness are you bearing to your wife about Christ? So, um, okay, so we got Father, we got Christ. Look at 1526. So 1526. Um, yeah, 1526, page 96. Oh, and the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Read the rest. And you also will bear witness. Very good, Tom. <laughs> mm. Because you have been with me from the beginning. So you see sort of this chain. The Father to the Son, the Son to the disciples, the disciples through the Spirit to making other disciples. And guess what we are today? We're part of that whole line of these witness. Well, and you bearers. also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so... The disciples, yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Of, of yeah, all I, time. Yeah. And have we received testimony that what he says here, he says, yeah. and yet no one receives this his testimony. So when we... This is... What is the testimony? <laughs> the seal. Well, the seal, but what... What do, how do we receive that testimony that we bear to is we get through here by the word of God. And Jesus is going to say that. It's my words that bear testimony. It's my actions that bear testimony. Now, why do we have the new, what, what's so special about the Bible? What was Jason doing tonight in Isaiah? He was bearing witness to Christ through the Old Testament. The entire word of God is our testimony that we then hear about Christ and that we bear witness to that. And we've been given the Spirit to do that. That's also why the Spirit's been given. So we have the power and we believe in that. Ken, what are you asking? You asked... I, I was trying to put no it in one received. No one receives his testimony. I'm bearing witness to, as an example, like when I met that guy, mm-hmm. bring him in here that night, and he said, like, mm-hmm. what's, what's this Bible study you're doing? And I said, okay, it's a great group and everything. I don't immediately pull out the Bible <laughs> and start reading it to him, uh-huh. because that's just not my style. I casually tell him about the group. And it's just like when I was on a hike, there was a, a Vietnamese kid that asked me. He started talking a little bit about where he was highly educated, we're talking about a little bit about the bank theory and some things, and I just, I said, hey, you know, 
I did a lot of studying like that in my college years, but I believe in Jesus Christ. And I just said it right then and there. So I guess I, what I was asking is when you bear witness to people like that, mm -hmm. are you telling them to receive, receive the testimony? The testimony too. Yeah, I think you are. Well, it's an invitation. Yeah, that's what you're hoping to get to. And you, you've given us some really good examples of how you've done that. Mm. You're starting to, you're in witnessing to others. Yeah, our, um, job, our job's the testimony. Yeah. So their, their job is receiving it or not. So yeah. that's what, what, what Greg was talking about in terms of our life and what we do and everything. So if the only testimony to Jesus Christ that this, this guy has on this hike in the middle of the mountains is you then it's a win-win situation <laughs> yeah. well no then then, then you're you are the embodiment of Christ you are that testimony yeah. so you better be this the dude that's going to inspire him to look deeper or if you're not right then you're not it's not all about reading the Bible to it just see your actions and how you act and how you treat people yeah. yeah. That's why we don't really realize I mean, everything we do, everything we do, everything we say, the world is looking. <laughs> I was going to say, when you, you, know, when you brought that up. We're bearing witness. The question is, are we bearing witness to the things of the earth, or are we bearing witness to the things so of you, Christ? Yeah, but yeah. think about before. Like, why were the, why were the disciples the, it's, you know, told to write these things down, right? Can you imagine... Going out and doing what they had to do before, we can just go, here, read this. <laughs> you know? Don't trust me, Hand trust up, this. Camp, this camp, is camp, this. jail, flogs, there's, there's, there's more testimony in here than you could, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. ever imagine. Right. And, but, you know, <clears throat> you, so you think about those guys going out and bearing witness like, like they are here, like John putting this, it's incredible. Yeah, go ahead. Say it. Well, the reading that we had tonight concludes with something that is another very, very powerful verse, and I think it's a witnessing verse. It, it'd be great to try on an even a neophyte. Whoever, you guys, it's verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Boom. So that's, do you believe? Do you want to have it? you want to live forever? Go to heaven? Believe in the Son? That's your, you Give them a primary gospel. Part B. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. Oh, by the way, now that you believe in me, you know what he's about. If you disobey him, no eternal life. Oh, okay. And then part three. But the wrath of God remains on him. So you're telling this kid on the hike, good soul, you're unsaved. The wrath of God is on you as an unsaved person. I mean, it's hardball and scary. And a non-believer would say hor horrific and mean, but that's the gospel. Right. And as we those saw who are not in Christ, everyone out there is is under the wrath of God. Say, like, oh, you mean I'm not going to go to heaven? It's a little worse than that. I <laughs> 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 just were over. Well, and that's remember we talked about this. This was our whole session last week. As we looked, we looked at, we looked and split it, and we saw how it's not that it's not that God saying, it's not so much that God saying, "I'm sending you to hell." It's God. It, what the scriptures are saying is, you are going 
that's your destination. You're already under the wrath. So it's not like God's doing that. This is who we are. Without Christ, we're lost, right? So that's a state of who everybody is that we go out, we witness to, is we're trying to snatch them to life, bring them to life. Because it's not that God's saying, oh, you're going to hell. It's God saying, you're already there. I brought my son to pull you out. It's like, you're already drowning. <laughs> I've come to save you. Um, yeah. I think that's... And, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. No, finish what you're saying. No, I'm done. I'm done. I think that's important that it says you will not see life. It doesn't say, like... I mean, Jason says this a lot, but... Like, it's not like, oh, well, you, right now you're living, and then you may continue to live or die. It's... You're already right. dead. To, right now. Exactly. Right. That's, that's the, the, the light. You're, we are living in darkness. Yeah. And if we right. don't have that light, we will remain in darkness. So we're, we're just, we're blind. Right? And you look at, again, why do we not see it? Because we can't without the light. Mm-hmm. Which is what the Spirit's given to give us that understanding. Right. Um, I'm, and it going, I'll cut you so, just back to your question again, a, a little bit. Um, it says in 39, this is 539, you searched, so there's another bearing with me. Eh, you I searched. Oh, is that what you yeah. guys did? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete, go ahead. Okay. You do it. <laughs> yeah, 539, yeah. you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Great. Yeah, so the scripture. Right. That's that's why we that's why we keep saying this is it. I mean, there's no other book. Yeah, people write a bunch of different books. Okay, I this is not against. Well, yeah, okay. I'll just I'll say it. Which is you know things like Jesus Calling. Okay, that's a really popular book out there that a lot of people read for devotion about this woman who I guess gets all this these words from God. And there's scripture in there, but she has this daily devotional, and it's very, very popular among Christians, called Jesus Calling. And I'm like, Never heard of it. you're, it's, it's, you're listening to someone else, and I'm not saying anything against that person per se, but you're listening to someone else bear witness. You need to go to the source. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> You but, need to go to here and listen to what the bearing witness is, because... This is the only way. That's why we stay in scriptures. That's why Pete quotes what he does. That's for all of us. It's like, but the, the, stay in the that. The scripture he just yeah. read is interesting. Uh, you search the scriptures to seek eternal life. And he's saying, but you missed me. So that, so yeah. think, of, think of a Pharisee or just a Jew going, okay, eternal life. Uh, that's well, about a Messiah who's going to redeem my sins. No, I don't want that. You know? <laughs> They're passing right by about the, main the stuff that applies. Yeah, but they, they're because they're again. Look at all, look at like all the movies that have like the uber uber bad guys. What are they all trying to attain? Eternal life. They're all trying to oh, yeah. find a way to cheat death. Yeah. And what he's saying is, you're looking at it from an, a you're made of dirt, guys. You're looking at it from the perspective of dirt. And that is what Satan is going to be left eating, okay? And it's already been written, and it's already established. So, like, no, he's not going to eat it. He's crushed. He crushed he's going to be crushed, but he's going to spend the rest of all the turn in, in, in right. damnation, right. eating the dirt that he fought so hard to have. So, okay, cool. If that's what you guys want, you're missing it, because that eternal life is nothing but death that you're looking for, because you're, you're not in the kingdom. So that's, I would, in terms of the gospel, again, it's the kingdom of God. 
Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? Not, you go to heaven. In, right. my, in my opinion. That's a dangerous deal. When you talk about, oh, cool, I have eternal life. Because you can't let people go there. Okay? Because they're going to take the path of the Jew. What Jesus just says right there. They're going to be looking at it from man's perspective and not from the perspective of the Spirit, not from a kingdom perspective. And until you understand that, eternal life is damnation. Right? So, um, anyway, nobody wants to read that. They want to read it from some friendly little old lady that right, has some I visions. I know, which is why, and we're going to see this when we get to the Samaritan woman, the whole thing about this, which is... Ultimately, I'd say for all of us, ultimately, I mean, ultimately, get people to just read the words of Christ. Get them to read this yeah, book we're reading. Yeah, that's because I know so many people, it's like, yeah, they're doing everything they can, but just yeah. go and hear the testimony of Christ yourself. Every one of us needs to hear it. Give me yourself. your phone. Let me download the Bible app. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen to it if you want. Right. Just <laughs> Right. I mean, it, and Tom, remember you, weeks ago, you know, oh, Romans 10, right? You don't come to faith if you don't hear the Word of God. What yes. is the Word of God? This is yes. it. But the precursor yeah. to that is, yeah. you've got to believe that He's the Son of God before you take the Word. Yeah. If you don't believe that, everything you read yep. is useless. Well, so, if you're yeah. open-minded at least. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Maybe yeah. you read it, then you'll start understanding. There, there are various hooks or baits, you could say, yeah. that, you, yeah. that Scripture uses to suck us in, to, to uh, we're fish to take the bait. And mm-hmm. I agree with what you just said, but I'm thinking, like, the eternal life is a bait. And, and humans want that. And, and every, a lot of people are asking Jesus, you know, how do I attain eternal life? And he doesn't go, don't think about that. He says, well, here's how. Sell everything, you rich man. It's like, what? I mean, sure. So, cause so, you're, it's, it's, it, it is a way in. So no, if, but it, if, but a, it if a seeker comes to any of us and it says, you know, how do I get to heaven? Well, you don't, you don't think he's shallow-minded to ask that. That's a godly, well, that's, 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 says, a, that's a godly question. Hmm, that's, yeah, that's a bait. Right. He's coming to a, a godly bait. Certainly. Right. However, you don't... <laughs> He wants that bait, right? Yeah. That's why Jesus gives the response he does to the rich man. I, I know. He goes, oh, so that's what you want? How about this? Knowing the guy's going to say, oh, never mind. I don't want to take that bait. That's not, it's not, I'm not stepping over that line. That's too much. It's too much yeah, to it's give. a great example of, you know, the bait's not so juicy. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Because what's somebody going to do? What's, what, is, what, are, what am I going to do with that? Seriously. What am I going to do with that? Hey, how do I get to heaven? First of all, I can't even conceive of heaven. I don't even know why I want to go to heaven. I don't know what heaven is. Right? And if I bother trying to d- describe it, I'm wasting my time. Because that would be nonsense. So, I need to understand here and now. I need to understand reality, first and foremost. What is the true reality of the universe? What is this reality that we are here in? Okay? So, the idea of, hey, we're already dead. And under the wrath. Precisely. That needs to be understood first and foremost. Once you get around that, and again, that's the big, gnarly... Can somebody describe describe wrath? What is wrath? Yeah, can you... 
I what? I'm lost. How yeah, that's great. How, how is this the friend of Ken's underwear? You mentioned three things a while ago. Ken brought those three things up. They would have meant nothing to him. Right. Because he's 40 years old and he doesn't see any wrath. You're going. saying the wrath will blow him away? Well, I'm not saying anything. How do you articulate that in a way that is going to come across to, to somebody that's potentially first, receptive? First thing because you gotta, he, first thing you got to do yeah. is you got to convince him that he's the son of God. Mm. Otherwise, if you don't do that, he's not going to believe anything he reads. Oh. Now, how do you do that? Uh, how do you do that? How do you do that is the key to bury witness. That's a, yeah. So that's, that's good. Big, no, that's good. Yeah. So how would you how would you say, how would you answer that question? How do you do that? That's, that's exactly what I'm asking you. you I think one of the things yeah. is is you got to convince him that he actually died and arose. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Just Dude, even I, and these yeah. days I would say just even say it. I mean again the yeah. power of the gospel. How can you prove that's that he the rose? gospel? Yeah. You, and you know what? Again, we don't prove yeah. that. I think we speak the power. Romans ten again. Yeah. We Romans. speak the gospel. What you're saying is the gospel. He is the Lord. He is Son of God, right? And He died on the cross for us. That there's power in those words because oh, yeah. that is the gospel Absolutely. of Christ, and Absolutely. that is what brings people to Christ. That's why in fact that's you have been a messer of the, our whole subject of John is how do we ourselves get back to learning how we can speak Christ to others. But how can we declare that to the world re- and not be afraid to do that? In reality terms. Yes, yes. But, but reality terms, like, like what Greg's saying is that, the, okay, so the word without power is n- nothing. Exactly. Okay, and so how do we as witnesses translate the power of the word through our literal word, okay? So That's as right. we're speaking this, if this is in us, Okay, if we know this word, all right, when somebody says, how, why is Jesus Christ the Son of God, you can rip into Genesis at the very beginning and describe that. You could go through, boom, 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 boom. Here's all the testimony in this book. And get, again, we are so stoked that we have this book. We don't have to go, uh, just believe me, I was with this guy. It was awesome. You can say, listen, there's, there's, there is uh, now 2,000 years worth of Bible so all you have to do is say, in the Bible, and there's immediate legitimacy. Even if somebody's never read the Bible, or is an atheist, or like wants nothing to do with God, boom, there is power in that word just by us speaking it. Yeah. And that's, that's probably, and that's where I go back to Romans 10. That is, that is the, yeah. let's not ever forget, that's the core, is we have to speak the gospel. Um, and you have to. That's a big but, difference in what you're, what's going around them. One is, if you just give them the Bible uh-huh. and encourage, just give them the Bible, mm-hmm. and they read it, I don't, I don't know of any other part of my life where somebody says, go read the manual and you'll become an oarsman. Yes. Somebody, uh-huh. somebody has to teach you which pair of oars to pick up. Yeah. Right, which both yeah. so uh-huh. all really the rest of that. But the scripture you, we have to have mental living and active Absolutely. and sharper than any two edged sword, yeah. able yeah. to cut into the bone and the marrow mm-hmm. and divide the soul and the spirit. So it, it in and of itself has the power. Like my dad was in jail, he was in prison, picked up a Bible, that was it. 
nobody that was it picked up the Bible or forget which gospel you read. How many? That was happened it. that way. I don't know. It's like <laughs> Jeff said a few weeks ago when he was preaching. Uh, I was born. How do you put that? I was born. He didn't use the word saved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like born and Christian. Born, no. He was born, born again. He was born, born again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, how many people can say that? Yeah. You know? Right. Or would even think of it that way. Right. Say, you know, I don't even know when I became a Christian. I just was born and it happened. I, you know, in all parts of my life, I have been mentored by somebody to, to do whatever that thing was. Me too. So it's... Uh, no, no, absolutely. You're talking about discipleship. discipleship. Yeah, yes. yeah. Right. And, if, and, and I think that's... We don't important. accept that responsibility. like the gospel and salvation. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's... It's, well, it's, it's the, You can't just put well, surgical tools on the uh -huh. desk right. and then say, you need a heart transplant, a valve, here's the valve, and here's the tools. Yeah. I'll see you. Yeah, which I think is, again, I mean, we're all saying the same thing. I mean, that's, um, we're right, the word, I mean, someone can't pick up the Bible and get saved. I mean, I think people have done that, okay? Yeah. But the whole reason why, and really what you're speaking of there is really discipleship. You are really talking about, okay, you believe now, what do I do, and how do I live now, which yeah. all of us should be being part of. But that's Otherwise, the whole reason. evangelism, right? Right. Right, evangelism, like bearing witness, <laughs> something first, else before right. salvation. Yeah. Something else evangelism. we can do, and uh -huh. you've said Romans ten, and I just yeah. went to it. Is um, it's really never occurred to me. We can pray for the person that Absolutely. we're dealing with. Yes, yeah, to them verbally, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and Paul gives the inspiration here, brethren. My heart's desire and prayer to God. For Israel, so you could say for George. For you, George. You're talking to George. Brother George, my heart's desire and prayer to God for you is that you may be saved. Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty powerful. That that'd be it's very sincere. Yeah, that's really good. Think about yeah. how powerful it is just yeah, pray yeah, that for yeah, someone. Yeah. yeah. In front of it. Them. And, yeah. and and then, you know, this mm -hmm. is my favorite you know, verse again, but it's right afterwards, and this is the gospel. If you confess with your mouth, you tell George, George, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's exactly what you just said. You're done. You know? And now you're you're done, but now you do also with Dale's time by you get discipleship. But now George knows in one sentence. What's required? And he goes, well, I don't know what that means. Well, then you can explain okay, this. Well, you got to go a step further than that. you got to convince him, why is he with God? What has he done? What are those points can you make? Well, number one, he rose from the dead. Right. You know, I think a good conversation to have is how do you become a witness? How do you, and you hit on it a little bit, the integrity of the individual and the respect of that individual goes a long way to, to yeah. telling people, read this. Yeah. You know, this is what I believe, and here's why. Right. And that's and why our lives... If you can write, there's no Benny Crocker for yeah. Bills. 
there's got to be some high-level important things that you or Jeff or somebody can come out and say, here's the number one thing, do it, do it, do it, do it. Maybe it's not that straightforward. Well, well, in a way, I want to say, well, in one sense, it's as simple as what he just read. Okay. Yeah. In one sense, there's a very simple, the gospel is very, very, very simple. But if you were to use that sitting in a tent and telling his friend that, it's not over his head. Well, well, and that's, well, but that gets back to what Dale just talked about. That's part I, I of where we bear I disagree. I think, I think the Holy Spirit like is in every word like of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Holy Spirit is extremely powerful. And yeah. he shows up when you witness the word. Yeah. So I don't, I would disagree when you say, if you said those verses to that guy in the tent, it would go right over his head. I, First I, of all, I disagree emphatically. Gonna it's going to go right into his heart. Well, from your perspective, I understand. But this guy probably never read the Bible. He has no idea what the Bible is. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say, who wrote that? You know? it, he may be way down here in the bushes someplace and doesn't understand anything. He's going to look at the integrity of this guy. This guy is a religious guy. Maybe he's got something. Let me listen to him. But I yeah. think I think it's okay if someone's way down there in the bushes. Like I think we're literally designed yeah. to understand this. I exactly. Mean, like, I, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I, like I, I know this is true. That was really good. We're we're designed to understand yeah. this. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, are. Isaiah yeah. fifty-two, uh, verse fifteen: For that which has not been told, them they see; and that which has not been heard, they understand. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, I agree yeah. that like it's important to be able to articulate this. I think that is like a good tool to reach people. But like. I think literally that's how God has made us. And so, like, these things could be understood in a fashion that's, like, not a normal fashion of, like, understanding well, science or English. Yeah, or anything. Jeff, I mean, very well, there's, there's no Crocker, but there are some important points. Yeah. Sure. Maybe that's one of them. Right. Well, and that's part of, yeah, that's part of, actually, honestly, we'll, we'll wrap ourselves up here. Before um, we wrap up. That. Uh, you what? Before we wrap up. Yeah. John. Okay, John. John. Thank you. I believe Thank you, John. Say hi, Taffy. Oh, I still need to And Greg, do you yeah. remember oh, you the prayer we sent for the guy, the deck yeah. pan of Mexico that I met? Yeah, right. He brought a Bible. I can just switch it out. Yeah, I can switch it out. Yeah. Yeah. He thought I took a happy pill. <laughs> he spent a little time with me on the bow while I was fishing and asked me why I was so happy. There was a joy. And remember you guys about. prayed about him that night? Yeah. Yeah, he's really well. That's exactly wow. what I'm talking awesome. about. Yeah. You live the life. You search the example. He's coming to you to ask some questions. You got him a little bit on the hook right there. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I think that what it comes down to is for us individually to be disciples and yes. to be totally faithful in the fact that the Spirit will work through us in every individual situation. And we, we you don't have to worry about it. You don't even, there's no, you just step into the day. And honestly, part of why we're, part of why we're doing, John, is so we can maybe ourselves get those into us and have a bunch of a better Crocker recipe. We have all the stuff. So when we do witness to something, we've got, as he said, got the word in us. Yeah. And we start. You've got to have the integrity and you've got to have the belief that this guy is a good guy. Yeah, you gotta yeah. live the life. Right. Okay. He's gonna anyway. know that you're living that life. Yeah. So let's, uh, Dale, go ahead. Verse 23. Verse 23 on, where are you at? 323. 323. That's an easy one to remember. 323. Okay. Uh-huh. Because water was plentiful. Why on earth did they throw that in? <laughs> <laughs> because well, maybe because it was a lot of people and you need a lot of water. 
And you, uh, and, well, you, you know, it's, well, so there's the way I want to answer that question right now might not be the question you're looking for. Um, today in Israel, today in Israel, yeah. that water's not plentiful anymore. Hmm. The Jordan River is completely dry now. Hmm. And it wasn't it's a then. Huge, no, it wasn't. It was plentiful back then. Yeah. And they were using that to baptize everybody. But it is interesting how John just sort of um, makes that point. <laughs> About that, but another point that uh-huh. uh, when before Pete read, just you know, you you said just anything that, that comes to mind while you're thinking of this. When you got to twenty four, it said, "For John had not been put in prison." Mm-hmm. I jumped back to nineteen sixty six. Maybe early '65, maybe late '65. I graduated from college in '65. As soon as I graduated from college, the next morning I woke up and turned to Marilyn and said, "What would you like to do today?" And we did whatever she said for a Get year. Get married? Oh no! We <laughs> so that's so what we did. Married today? Uh-huh. We just. We just took off, you know. She said, "Well, I'd like to go across the United States," so we did that. I'd like to go to Europe, so we did that. Hmm. We traveled around. Got to the Louvre. Oh, uh huh. When we go to the festivals here, yeah, we walk in the gate together. I go left. Marilyn goes right. We never try to stay together and look at stuff. We just don't. So. We walk into the Louvre, she goes right, I go left, I go into this room, and there's a painting, as I remember it was like 8 by 12, it was a huge painting, and a little rope in front of the painting. There's a guy standing there with his hand on the rope, looking at the painting. So I said to myself, I'll just go over and sit and wait till he's done, and then I'll go look at it. There was hardly anybody there. So I sit down, and I watch the guy, and I watch the guy, and I watch the guy, like five minutes. He doesn't flex. I finally walk over and look at him, and he is just glassy-eyed. The picture is beheading of John the Baptist. And he's there. He's looking at John's head on the platter. The guy is just... I've seen that in students where you're drawing blood, teaching kids how to draw mm-hmm. blood and type blood. A kid will go, stab, put it down, and then just not move. <laughs> they're just, they go into shock, and they're just, they can't do anything. And huh? That's how this guy was. Wow. Huh. And I, so he wasn't I, just admiring it? No, he no. Was, I took him by the arm and led him oh, back wow. over to the bench. And sat him down on the bench where I'd been sitting, and I sat there for another five, maybe ten minutes with him. Huh. And he finally, who are you? What? You he know, put himself back I said, in time. Are you all right? Yeah, he was with at the event. He was there <laughs> at the event. It was John the Baptist, and that was his head on the platter, <laughs> and he was Crazy. there. Wow. So it was, you know, when you read that, I went, whoa, yeah. It was yeah. a good year. <laughs> 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 All right, thank you guys.